Blessed, happy, happy new year. Can you turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, and those who are watching us all over the world, blessed, happy, happy new year. Now, today we will begin a new series. The title is Unleashing God's Power. Unleash God's Power, Pray. Now, why is this topic so important? We all believe God is powerful. Yes or no? You all believe that there are things in your life that you need God's divine intervention. Yes or no? We all believe God is almighty. The problem is this. How do you connect the reality of God's power into your life, into your own personal struggle? Many times, God to us is a theory. You study the Bible, you know God is almighty. But you don't experience his power. You believe that God is love. But you don't really experience his love. I want us to go deeper this year. Not just head knowledge, but really heart. That you will experience the reality of who God is. He loves you. And he has great plans for you, but God knows you cannot live the Christian life on your own. That is why prayer is so important. What's the topic for the next few weeks? Unleash what? Unleash God's power. Unleash God's power in your life. Unleash God's power in your family life. Unleash God's power in your work life. But you need to understand how do you pray. So first question, how... Give me a definition. What is prayer? Can you whisper to your neighbor? Just tell your neighbor in your mind, what is prayer? Ready, go. You got to whisper something to your neighbor. If you don't whisper, I'm going to call you. Okay, whisper. What is prayer to you? Okay. You know, many of us, we think we know what is prayer. I'm telling you, I'm still learning everything about prayer. I think for the rest of my life, I'll be going on a journey, especially when it comes to learning how to pray. Prayer is really communion with God. We limit it to asking. For people, prayer is asking. When I have a problem, I will pray. Ladies and gentlemen, prayer is deeper than that. Prayer is Entering God's presence. Prayer is worship. Prayer is listening. Prayer is intimacy with God. So there's a lot of things we will learn about prayer, which we will go through the next few weeks. Is it okay with you? The best way to learn prayer is start attending this coming Monday. We start prayer and fasting, and every speaker will talk about an aspect about prayer, and you will learn. You, it becomes a habit. Now, why do, if we know God is powerful and we know prayer is good, let me ask you the next question. Why is it that most people do not really pray? We only pray when we have problems, but why? Why do you think people do not really pray? Give me some reasons. I'm going to test you something. How is your prayer life now? Completely be honest with God. How is your prayer life today? One to ten. Ten, you pray like Jesus. 
Nine, you pray like the Apostle Paul. One, you pray like an atheist. You don't pray. So, what's your number? One to ten. Can you whisper to your neighbor? Just whisper. Just give them a number. Ano po ang number ninyo? Can I tell you? I need to improve. My prayer life, I still need to improve and grow. So are you ready to learn how to pray? Do you want to grow? You know, I like this quotation about prayer. It talks about if God is God. Would you like to see that quotation? Everybody read this. From Philips. If man is man and God is God, to live without prayer is not merely an awful thing. It is an infinitely foolish thing. You see, prayer is really humbling yourself. You are saying, Lord, I need you. I don't know about you, but I really need the power of God in my life. I cannot live the Christian life on my own. You need God's power. So the one thing that, is, that the disciples asked Jesus, do you remember? What is the one thing they asked him? Lord, teach us to pray. So look at Luke chapter 1. That's what it says. It happened while Jesus was praying, after Jesus modeled praying. Jesus was prayerful. If you read the Bible, he prays early in the morning. He prays at night. He's usually alone praying. The Bible tells us after Jesus finished praying, he had finished. One of his disciples said to him, everybody read, Lord, teach us to pray. So the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And that is what I want Jesus to teach me and teach you how to pray. Do you notice something? They could have asked Jesus, teach us how to walk on water. That's not a bad idea. Teach us how to preach. No? Teach us how to perform miracles. Uh -uh. Teach us how to multiply bread. Uh -uh. Teach us what? How to pray. I realize prayer is something that is so powerful that you and I need to learn. So my prayer is that you and I will become men and women of prayer. And your Christian life will never be the same. Don't be satisfied with your spiritual level now. I want to go deeper to really learn to know who God is and how to pray. Now, he gave them an amazing format. It is expanded in Matthew. I like the Matthew version, but the Luke version is good. Because we will go through the Luke version in the next few weeks also. But I want to focus on the expanded version. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. How do you pray? Let's read together. When you are praying, everybody read now. When you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. They suppose they will be heard for their many words. You know, the problem with why many people do not really get excited about prayer, maybe it's your past experiences. You know, we are so busy or we think of prayer as something ritualistic. You keep repeating certain statements, certain words, and prayer becomes a chore. It is no longer exciting. You know why? Because you are thinking of prayer as something legalistic. 
So you go through certain words, you repeat again and again. That's not how you should pray. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying this is how you should pray. By the way, prayer is more than a duty. You should consider prayer as a delight. From duty to delight. From a burden to a privilege. You know why? You will discover why. But let me explain. So do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So how should you pray if God knows already? Ah, let's read the next verse. Pray then in this way. The idea is pray in this pattern. There's nothing wrong with memorizing the Lord's Prayer. The problem with calling it the Lord's Prayer, it is not really the prayer of Jesus. It is what Jesus taught us how to pray. Jesus does not have to pray this prayer. Can I tell you why? Because Jesus will never say, forgive me as I've forgiven others. Because Jesus never committed sin. So that is not the prayer of Jesus. Comprende? But that is what he taught us how to pray. So pray in this pattern. So you begin by our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. This morning and the next week, I'm going to break down the prayer of Jesus, what he taught us into two parts. The first part is called, when you pray, you focus on God first. The next part is you focus on your needs. But let's go with the first one. Everybody, so that you will know how to pray, you begin with God. Okay, so focus on God. Everybody, point to God. Heaven, two hands up. Lahat kayo, lahat. I'm looking at you, two hands. Yes, very good, two hands. Okay, you know why? So you will forever remember, when I pray, I must begin by focusing on God. Say that with me. Focus on God. After you focus on God, it's okay. Now, slowly, don't hit your neighbor. Then... I can pray for others, for myself, for problems. Is that okay with you? So how do you pray? First, focus on God. The first thing he wants you to learn about prayer is God is our Father. Notice he says, our Father. This is revolutionary. Because the Jewish people, while they pray, they don't really consider God as their Father. You see in the Old Testament, the fatherhood of God is mentioned 15 times more or less, and it refers to the father of nations, the father of Israel, but never as a personal father. In the New Testament, Jesus revealed to us who God is. God is our father. Wow, what does that mean? And here is the sad part. Many of us, I won't say majority, but many of us do not grow up. You did not grow up with a father. I was shocked when I studied the statistics of absentee father. Do you realize in the Philippines, 25% of people today, young people, do not grow up with a father. It's single parenting. And 90% of single parents. 90% is the mother. There's no father. Worst of all, many of you probably grew up with a father who is abusive. Not only absentee, maybe present, but emotionally abusive. So you don't have good experience. 
And because you don't have good experience, you have a hard time. When the Bible says, God is our Father. Some of, I've met people, many of them, they have a hard time. They need to unlearn and relearn. So I'm going to warn you today, do not allow your past experiences with your earthly father to cloud, to impact your understanding of who God is. Can I tell you something? God is the father that you have always been longing for. He says, our father who is in heaven. God is the perfect father. He is not like us. What do I mean? In this same chapter, Jesus talks about a comparison between a good father and an earthly father. The perfect father and the earthly father. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. Everybody read. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Everybody read. How much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good? Notice the comparison. I began to understand more about God when I became a father. I love my children. I have five wonderful children. And I remember when one of them got sick. I shared this with you years ago. Maybe some of you were not yet here. I literally prayed for my son's sickness to be transferred to me. I was crying. I said, Lord, just give me sickness so he'll be healed. No, I am in the eyes of God. If you being evil, in, in other words, we are sinners. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, everybody read, how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good? I want you to know something today. God loves you. God is your perfect father. So do not use that excuse. You have a bad father, and because you have a bad father, you can no longer relate to God. No, no, no. God is not like your earthly father. He is much, much better. And how can I say that? Remember, I love my five wonderful children. And I began to understand, if I can love my children, how much more does God love me? So when I pray, I begin with this understanding. Our Father, my wife and I, when we pray together, that's our pattern. We begin by saying, Our Father. Notice, who art in heaven. That's the difference. In heaven means what? Our Father is almighty. Our Father has all the resources. Our Father knows everything about you. Our Father in heaven. Complete power, complete authority, and perfect. So how does that impact my life? Just right in the beginning, when we pray, when I pray, notice the pronoun, our. God believes in praying with one another. Our Father, who art in heaven. You know what happens in my heart? I find great comfort. Because I know what a father is. But God is better than me. Do you know when my children want to see me, they don't need appointment? They don't need to go through my secretary. They don't need to go through protocol. They can come into my room. They can come into my office. They can call me anytime. Why? 
Because father and child relationship. Is that what you think of when you pray? So I'm telling you, starting today, when you pray, you must now realize, God, you are my father. You see, God is not somebody distant. Some of you think of God, he's too busy. I'm not worthy. Uh -uh. You are a child. And I'm telling you now, as a father, I love my children. Any of them can come to me anytime. And that is my attitude when I pray. Our Father. And that word Father in the New Testament, I want you to understand. Abba. It's called Daddy. So when you pray, you can say, Dad. Okay? So, how do you pray? Vertical first. Huh? Vertical. Always focus on God first. And then the horizontal will follow. If this vertical is not right, you got a problem. So our Father who art in heaven. Notice the next word. Hallowed. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed. Now what does that mean, hallowed? Hallowed is from this Greek word, hagiasmos. Okay? What is the meaning of hallowed? Well, if you look at the language, hallowed, it will appear. Trust me, it will appear. Halo means what? Hagiazo. From hagios. Holy. So, that word, hallowed be your name. You are saying, Father, I want your name to be honored. I want your name to be so consecrated. You see, when you pray that prayer sincerely, you begin to ask your own life. You begin to question the way you speak the way you talk to people, does it honor our Father who is in heaven? Because if you pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, may your name be glorified. That means you have to cooperate. How can you ask God that his name be honored and your life and my life is living in such a way that it brings dishonor to God? That's hypocrite. So this prayer is powerful. I ask you right now, is there anything in your life? The way you treat your husband, the way you treat your wife, does it honor God? Children, parents, at home, is the Lord honored in the way you speak to one another? Think about it. If you want to unleash God's power through prayer, you better know how to pray. It begins with, everybody, exercise again. Focus on God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Notice the priority. May your name be honored. Question. Are we honoring God in our life? Is that a good question to us? What is it you are doing now at home? You know why I always focus on the home? Because most of the time, you are at home. Then next question, in your office. Next question, in school. Do people see Christ honored the way you are speaking, the way you are behaving? See, friends, if you keep losing your temper, if you keep cursing, you are not going to bring honor to God. If you keep going late to the office, if you are always cheating, if you are always doing shortcut, my friend, you are not going to bring honor to our Father. 
Look at this verse. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Let's read this together. Your kingdom come. What does that mean? Your kingdom come. You see the word kingdom is from this Greek word basileia. That's where you have the word basilica. Now the way it is translated, I praise God, they translate it as kingdom. But literally it has to do with the reign of God. The rulership of God. That's the idea. Your kingdom come. You see, you and I has to, has to be focused on God. Because God is not just a father. God is the king of kings. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to wake up now to realize how great is your father. He is the king of kings. And you are a prince and a princess. Therefore, you got to act as though you really believe that your father is the king and you are his child and therefore your life must reflect royalty. The world will say you are a nobody. The world will say you are a sinner. Yes, I'm a sinner, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. How do you become a child of God? The Bible tells us. You want to know? See, some of you have a hard time praying. Because you know why? You cannot relate. God is not even my father. You don't even know God as your father. You know why? You have never encountered Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Look at John chapter 1 verse 12. You want to become a child of God? As may, Everybody read. As many as received him, Jesus. To them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You see, the Bible says to believe in his name, the name of Jesus, Yeshua. Yeshua means Savior. If you believe with all your heart that Jesus came as Savior, and he is the Son of God, and you trust him, and you surrender your life to him by faith, the Bible says you become his child. Now, you become his child in 1 John chapter 3. The Bible says, see how great the love of God is. Do you want to read that verse? I'll show you. Everybody read. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. It's from the Father. That we would be called children of God. Friends, can you tell your neighbor, you are a child of God. So when you pray, our Father... Who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. You are literally saying, Lord, I want you to come now and set up your kingdom. However, before he comes, remember what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is in your midst. People don't realize Jesus talked more about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, than any other topic. Because the kingdom of God is real. Ladies and gentlemen, this world is not what it should be. The good news is one day the king of kings will come. And he will correct all the wrongs. And his kingdom will be set up. And he will reign. And what will you do when he comes again? You know what you will do? The Bible says we are supposed to reign with him. Are you aware of that? You are going to reign with Jesus. The only problem is, I pray, you better make sure you are part of his kingdom. Because some of us here are rebelling. You are rebelling 
against God privately. You don't love him. You don't trust him. In fact, you are angry at him. My friend, some of us don't really trust God. And that's why your Christian life is not growing. That's why I believe in prayer. You know why? Prayer unleashes God's power. Do you know prayer changes things? But the first thing it will change is you. Prayer changes. Yes or no? But the first thing it will change is you and me. So, what's the topic today? Unleash God's power. Pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Notice the connection between your kingdom come, Christ come, you be king over area, every area of my life. You be king. I surrender to you. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Implication on earth right now, there are some people who is not following the will of God because God did not make us into robots. He could insist and he can do it. But now, in the mystery of the sovereignty of God and the power of God and the human will and human responsibility, God is now telling us, you be his partner. You know what we should pray? This should be our prayer. Your kingdom come, Lord, come now. Your will be done. If you pray that prayer sincerely, then it means you have to do God's will. Yes or no? How can you say your will be done and then you don't obey God's will? You see, every day when my wife and I pray this, literally every day, that's our pattern. Our Father, what is heaven? So I stop. I say, Lord, I thank you. You are my Father. Then, 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 as I go through the pattern, I think of my schedule for the day. I think of who will I meet, what are the appointments, and I say, Lord, may your will be done. I'm going to meet this person. What is your will? How can I bring glory to your name? You see, you make this prayer a pattern, okay? You practice this. That's how you learn to pray. You just practice, pray. So you focus on everybody, God first. Don't focus on your problems. God first. Always. And you think of God properly. Recognize who He is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You want to honor His name. Your kingdom come. You want to pray that He is king over area, every area of your life. Be honest. Is God king? Is He Lord over your private life? What about your free time? Is God Lord over your free time? What kind of movies do you watch? Netflix. I'm guilty of that. My wife sometimes would remind me, I don't think this one is good. Holy Spirit Junior. And I praise God. I have Holy Spirit Junior. But reality is this. God speaks to us, yes or no? Through our family. Some of you don't want to listen to people. Because you think you are always correct. If you are sincere in following God, that's why I recommend all of us be part of a small group. In a small group, you have accountability. You learn from each other. Now, I want to share with you. Remember, what is part one today? Part one is focus on God, prayer. Part two, we'll discuss. How do you pray for your personal needs? Give us this day our 
their libertades next week. Today, I want to focus on prayer, unleashing God's power. What's part one? Focus on God. I will now show you from the Old Testament an example of how to pray in the midst of crisis, in the midst of problem. What is our temptation? Focus on the problem. Our temptation is to scare, to be scared. But I will show you an example. Would you like to learn from the Old Testament how to pray, focusing on God first? Okay, I'll show you. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, you have the story of a good king by the name of King Jehoshaphat. After this, meaning Jehoshaphat was an amazing king. He led the spiritual revival in Judah. So after doing what is pleasing to God, something happened. The Bible tells us, a great multitude is coming against you. In short, you have the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Edomites, and the Termites, okay, all of these mites, mites, they are surrounding the nation of Israel, and they are going to attack. This problem was not caused by the sin of Jehoshaphat. He was a good king. I'd like you to know, just because you have a problem, does not mean God is punishing you. No, no. Look at the next verse. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord, proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. In short, is it okay to be afraid? Yes or no? It's normal. But do not stay fearful. When you have problems, remember horizontal. What must you do now when you pray? Everybody? Vertical. Ah, that's what he did. Jehoshaphat began to focus on God to seek the Lord. So prayer, when you say focus on God when you pray, it is really seeking God. When you seek God, what does that mean? It means you want to know his will. You want to know his plans. It means you want to please him. That's the idea of seeking God. That's why I believe in prayer and fasting. So what did Jehoshaphat do? He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Do you know, historically speaking, if you study, even the early church, it's, we do private fasting. I ask all our pastors and all our leaders. We basically fast minimum one day a week. In CCF, I encourage everybody to fast every Friday. The early church, they fasted twice a week. But for us, we are less spiritual. So you can fast Friday. Every lunchtime, you can go to the YouTube and we pray together. Every Friday. All CCFers, we gather together, we pray. So I'm encouraging you, okay? Every Friday, 12 o'clock, we pray. However, for me and my wife, we do our best to fast also on Monday. However, corporate fasting is different. Historically speaking, I was trying to research. I realized there has been many times in the States, in Europe, in other countries, they do corporate fasting. But one of the most amazing stories is the story of Dunkirk. 
How many of you saw the movie in the Second World War when the British and Allied soldiers were trapped in Dunkirk? I'll show you the picture. This is a real story, okay? This is in Dunkirk, okay? Where the Germans were going to slaughter almost over 300 plus to 400,000 Allied soldiers. They got trapped. What did the prime minister, what did the king and queen of England, what did they do? They declared, they called a day of prayer and fasting. They asked the entire Christian community to fast and pray. And history tells us everybody went to the church to fast and pray. Why? Because this was a disaster. The Germans were going to kill all of these people. Guess what happened? God did a miracle. The weather changed. So the Germans cannot fly in because of the cloud. And then the Germans, prior to this, made a decision to delay the attack. By delaying the attack, and God causing the clouds to come in, the British people were mobilized. Everybody who owns a boat, doesn't matter, banker, big boat, small boat, they all sailed across the channel to save these people. And history tells us the best military intelligence says we will be happy if we can save twenty to 30,000 soldiers. But you know, because of the miracle in the weather, the miracle of the German, the way they made decision, over 300,000 were transferred from that area to be slaughtered back to England. Is God amazing, yes or no? My friend, you will not experience God's availability, God's power, God's faithfulness many times until you learn to get on your knees and pray. And that's what happened to Jehoshaphat. He got into trouble and he said, let's pray. Now, do you know how he prayed? Look at his prayer, okay? Focus on God. Notice, this is his prayer. Are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Notice, King Jehoshaphat gathered all the people in Judah, Jerusalem. And when he prayed, he did not begin with problems. He began with everybody. Who oh God is? Are you not? Notice, are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler? My friend, prayer will recalibrate your mind. If I have problems, just like you, just like me, be realistic. Do you get nervous? Suddenly you have problems. Yes or no? When I hear problems, when people come to me, Pastor, we have this problem. You know, when I hear problems, my heart begins to pump. Yes or no? If you are not normal, of course. I cannot say anything. I'm just talking to normal people. My friend, I want to teach you how to respond. You can either focus on problem and you begin to worry 
and worry. You know, when you focus on problem, I guarantee you, what your mind focuses on will impact your behavior. So I suggest you pray. You recalibrate your thinking. When I pray, I think of who God is. Now, when you realize God is big and God is powerful, God is the ruler, God is sovereign, nothing is impossible with God, what happens to your problem? Does it get smaller? Yes or no? But if your God is tiny, your God is small, your God is a figment of your own wrong imagination, then I subscribe to you, I agree with you, you have every right to worry. You know why you should worry? Because you are helpless. But you know why I stop worrying? Because I refocus. I recalibrate my mind who God is. That's called focusing on God. Comprende? Notice his prayer. To focus on God, you have to think of what God has done. You have to know his word. Did you not, our God, oh, our God, did you not? See, he is now thinking of what God has done. You have to think of God's faithfulness in your life. Don't focus on the problem immediately. Focus on God. And he says, you drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, and you gave this land to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. You gave this piece of property to us. He's now declaring God's word, God's will. They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary. So God, you gave us this land. You promised Abraham. You gave this to us. And you drove away the Canaanites. And then read the next verse. He is reminding himself and God and the people. Did, let's read the next verse. Should evil come upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry, and you will hear and deliver us. This is a promise he is claiming. This promise is located in Second Chronicles chapter 6. When Solomon dedicated the temple, Jehoshaphat remembered what happened to his great-great-great-grandfather about the promise of God. Look, this is the promise. Should evil come upon us, the sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in distress, you will hear and deliver us. So King Jehoshaphat is remembering what Solomon prayed and how God answered Solomon's prayer. God answered the prayer of Solomon. Lord, hear. When we're in trouble, hear us. Let's read the next verse. So when you focus on God, you better understand you know God's word. I like this quotation. Triumphant prayer is only possible when you know God's word. Let me repeat. Look at that quotation about triumphant prayer, okay? Everybody read. Triumphant prayer is almost impossible where there is neglect of the study of the word of God. If you are ignorant of God's word, how can you claim his promises? Think about it. So prayer implies you need to seek God and you need to study his word. 
My friends, I praise God for CCFers. I gave you a promise before. Remember, if you are new and you read the entire Bible, what will I do? I'll give you a gift. Now, only one claim. Okay? So, it's not too late. If you're an old Christian and you read the entire Bible, your family will give you a gift. I won't give you a gift. Okay? I'm only giving this challenge to new believers. You read your entire Bible. Okay? Now, if you neglect God's word, your prayer life will be anemic. You know why? You will not know how to pray. Because you don't know God's word. Now, be honest with me. How many of you have read the entire Bible last year? Raise your hand. Higher. Higher, higher. You see, I'm, you know, sometimes I cannot blame you. So what must I do to convince you? You got to read the entire Bible every year. What can I do? You want me to dance? You want me to what? My friend, it's for your own sake, for your own good. I really like you to have a hunger for the Word of God. If you do not know God's Word, what will you believe in? Excuse me. Don't believe in YouTube all the time. Don't believe in what people are saying. You better learn to study the Bible. Amen? All right. So, Jehoshaphat knew the Bible. He knew what God has done. Notice the next verse. He's now telling God, you know, the Ammonites, you told us not to attack them. You told us not to attack the Ammonites, the Edomites, all of these people. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out. Do you know what he's saying? He said, Lord, years ago, you did not let Israel invade these people. Now, you have to know, Jehoshaphat really knows the Bible. You did not allow Israel to destroy these nations. That is found in Deuteronomy. I will show you. That's why it's good to know the Bible. In the book of Deuteronomy, years ago, before Jehoshaphat times, God told Moses, do not harass Moab. Do not provoke them to war. I will not give you any of their land as a possession. And then God told Moses, when you come opposite the sons of Ammon, do not harass them or provoke them. I will not give you any of the land of the sons of the Ammonites as a possession. What God is telling Moses, I only give you the promised land, Canaan. Don't bother the property of the Ammonites, the Edomites. You know why? I'm not giving that to you. I'm only giving you the promised land, where Israel is today. Israel is where God has promised Moses, this land, I'm going to give this to you. Okay, the land of Canaan. So, what is Jehoshaphat saying? Lord, you said this is our land, but look at what they're doing. They're attacking us. So, when you pray and you know God's will, you can pray with confidence. You know why? I love this promise. First John chapter 5. You know what is powerful prayer? Look at powerful prayer. Unleashing God's power. First John chapter 5. This is the confidence which we have before Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. Notice, you have confidence. If you ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the request which we have asked from Him. So ladies and gentlemen, 
Do you believe that when you pray and you are praying in accordance to God's will, God will hear your prayer? Yes or no? And can I tell you, when I study God's word, even my own desire changes. My desire becomes, I want to do what God wants me to do. So let's continue reading. So what do you mean by praying, focusing on God? Look at, I love this prayer. Oh, our God. Everybody read. Oh, our God. Will you not judge them? We are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Wow. You know what kind of prayer is this? Lord, we are powerless. Do you ever have problems where you feel like you are powerless? Yes or no? We are powerless. I don't know what to do. You know, this is a real prayer. As somebody once said, I love his quotation, okay? What is true prayer? Look at what he said about true prayer. What is true prayer? About helplessness. Everybody read. Prayer and helplessness are inseparable. Only the one who is helpless can truly pray. Your helplessness is your best prayer. It calls from your heart to the heart of God with greater effect than all your uttered pleas. You see, true prayer is when you really humble yourself and you pray from the heart. Many times we pray from the mouth, but not from the heart. I prayed for people. I prayed for circumstances. And I cry. And I notice something. When I pray with my tears in my heart and in my eyes, it's powerful. Because I say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Have you had that experience? You say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Until... God allows you to experience the reality of helplessness, brokenness. You may not really experience the power of God because your prayer is not yet from the heart. King Joseph prayed from the heart. That's why, how do you pray from the heart, everybody? Focus on God first. And then when you focus on God, it recalibrates your mind. Now, many of you are not able to do that because you are self-sufficient. You have been trying to control your life. You have been trying to control circumstances. You are manipulating people. You are using your own way to solve problems. My friend, that kind of lifestyle will not cause you to be rested. You will always be anxious. You will always be angry. And you will always be agitated. Because you like to play God. But when you learn how to pray, you surrender. And I'm at peace. Because I'm not God. I cannot change people, but I know it's not my job to change people. Remember this quotation. Somebody once said, you honor God with what is within your control. What is outside your control, you surrender to God. There are many things outside my control. I entrust them to God. But those that are within my control, I make sure I honor God with my actions, with my choices. And that's what he prayed. And you know, because of that prayer, the hardest part to do is to wait. Look, let, let's keep on reading. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. 
Okay, can you see the picture? All of them waiting, standing, infants. And then the Bible tells us, in the midst of the assembly of the, the Spirit of the Lord came in the midst. Okay, while you are praying, my friend, I guarantee you something. When you learn to fast and pray and you just keep quiet, boom, you begin to hear God's voice. They waited. Jehoshaphat waited what to do. And then the Bible tells us the Spirit of God came to one of them and told them what to do. You know what they're supposed to do? Would you like to know? Remember, it's hard to wait and listen, but you got to wait and listen. This is the voice. This is the message. Do thus, thus says the Lord God to you, do not fear or be dismayed because this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. So the message of God is this, in Tagalog, relax lang. Do not fear or be dismayed. Do you like that verse from God? Do not fear or be dismayed. I don't know what's your problem today. Finance, family, children, you pray. And God's going to tell you something. And you know what's the battle plan? Look at the battle plan. Tomorrow, not today, tomorrow, go down against them. Tomorrow, not today. What do you do tomorrow? Let's find out. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourself. This is a command. Station yourself. Stand. That's a command. See the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah, Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them. The Lord is with you. Can you repeat this? The Lord is with you. When you focus on God, you are recalibrated. God will tell you what to do. But you must always remember, tell your neighbor, God is with you. All right, God is with you. Amen? All right. So what will you do tomorrow? Let's find out. Joseph bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. So to focus on God means you worship God even before your prayers are answered. That's how you pray. You focus on God. God first. Worship Him. Many of you are not able to be joyful until God answers your prayer. No, no, no. God's economy, learn to wait. Just focus on Him. Worship Him. Notice, the Levites from the sons of the, the priests, you know what they were asked to do? Let's read. What is a battle plan? The, the battle plan is so unorthodox. They rose early in the morning. So maga, they went out. Jehoshaphat stood Listen to me, O Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord, your God. Put your trust in the prophets and succeed. Now trust God. Trust his prophet, what he's telling us to do. Read the next verse. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang the Lord, those who praised him. They went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord. For his loving kindness is everlasting. What is the battle plan? You go tomorrow. You march. How do you march? You march before the army. Let's find out. How should you march? Let's continue reading. They began singing and praising the Lord. And the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon. Do you understand the battle plan? Alright, tomorrow you face them. What will the army do? The army should be there. But who should be ahead of the army? The choir. The choir, the CCF choir. And what should they be doing? Singing.
pressing. Now listen to me. Is that a good strategy or a bad strategy? My friend, very hard to listen and to wait on the Lord. You see, to focus on God when you pray, you've got to listen and wait. Many of you know my story about how my wife pursued me and how I married her. <laughs> but the reality is, waiting and praying is the key. Before I met my wife, I prayed. I really prayed. Then I met her. Then I followed all the biblical principles. You got to learn to pray and wait. So I got the permission. I flew to the States to get the parental permission if I can marry her. Now, I have not proposed to her yet, okay? But I'm asking permission already. She has no idea. And then I asked permission from my own family, my father and my mother. They said yes. Now, after proposing, I thought I did everything that is required already. Remember, when you pray, you got to wait, right? Listen. And then she told me, you need to get another permission. I said, I permission. She's with Campus Crusade for Christ. And she has an agreement for three and a half years. Oh my goodness, three and a half years. So what did I do? I could have said, forget that. You are my wife. You leave Campus Crusade for Christ. I'm now your leader. Let's get married. No. God told me years ago, you honor those in authority. You pray. So I asked them, how can my wife be released from this agreement? Three and a half years. Very simple. Look for a replacement. Okay. We prayed. Do you know how hard it is to replace somebody beautiful? <laughs> Talented. Good in music. Financially able to travel all over Asia. We prayed and prayed and prayed. The problem is this. I booked the wedding, you know, one year ahead, blah, blah. So it's supposed to be in August. It's already June. No replacement in Tagalog, Awanin. That's in Ilocano, Awanin. So I went to the mountain, Baguio. I prayed. I fasted and prayed. You see, that's why I believe in this prayer, fast and pray. And you know what happened? After one week of prayer and fasting, the Lord assured me. The Lord said, don't worry. I'll take care of that. So when I went down, that's June already, okay? Wedding is August. So, end of June, July now. I have no invitation. I cannot give out invitation. I don't want to be presumptuous. You know what? I bumped in the crossing of Edsa. And I think Quezon Boulevard. That corner, the big boss of Diana, the big boss, Campus Crusade for Christ. His name is Bailey Marks. At that time, you have to roll the window, okay? In the young press button, I have to roll the window. I say, what's the result? You know what he told me? Peter, I have good news for you. We found a replacement. And she's coming. Wow. Praise God. My friend, when we walk, we work. But when we pray, God works. Amen? Hardest thing to do is to wait and pray. But when you wait and pray, notice that verse. So amazing. Wait and pray. What does it say? Wait and pray. Let's look. When they began singing and praising the Lord. When they began singing and praising, what, what did the Lord do? The Lord set ambushes. 
God's power was unleashed. When was it unleashed? When they began praying and God told them what to do? To sing and to worship. And when you begin to sing and worship, that's called obedience. When you give thanks, God's power is unleashed. Many of us will not sing, will not praise until God answers our prayer. Completely wrong. You do the opposite. When you pray, you fast, and then you thank God in advance. Thanking God in advance. Where do you find that verse? Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the next verse will appear in one minute. Okay, but not now. I'll show you later. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So that's how you encounter God's power. Okay? And this happened in my life. On one night, I received a phone call. Kidnappers called me. We got your brother. You better pay up. That was years ago. Remember there was a rampant kidnapping? And I was shocked. They didn't call my father. My father was abroad. They didn't call his wife. His wife was out of town. So they left with me. So they called me. I didn't know what to do. They kept calling me every 5-10 minutes. Itong gusto namin. Magbayad ka. We got your brother. Then I talked to my brother. My brother said, Brad, I'm kidnapped. So what do you do? Would you believe it? I sat down and I read Second Chronicles, exactly the same verse. And the Lord told me, tomorrow, tomorrow, not today. So you know what I did? I pulled out the phone. Walang cell phone pa nun, I pulled out the phone. The phone stopped ringing. And the kidnappers told my brother, what's wrong with your brother? He wants you dead. And then you know what my brother told them? You want to kill me? Okay, I go to heaven. Where will you go? But the Lord told me, tomorrow, the battle is not yours. Literally, I, I really know it's from God. I slept. The next morning, I got up, I plugged the phone. Would you believe it? The moment I plugged the phone, ring! Guess who? The kidnappers. But God told me already what to say. You see, God gave me a message. And I gave the message to them. I said, I know you just need money. I know you know what you're doing is wrong. Kidnapping is wrong. But I know you don't want to kill my brother. All you want is money. Alam ko anong gusto niyo, pera lang naman eh. So, hindi niyo papatay ng kapatid ko. Ito lang kaya. Ito lang amount, ha? Sabi niya, pare, they call me father. Father! Panggulong lang yan. At gasolina. Sabi ko, that's it. You want the problem solved quickly? Yan lang. You know, by the grace of God. Finished. Negotiation. Five minutes. Finished. What's my point? When God tells you something, you need to learn to listen. Some of you don't listen. So you keep having the same problem. Because you don't listen. I want you to see the power of prayer. I asked somebody to share. 
to us his actual story on the power of prayer. Let's ask my young brother, Isaiah. Isaiah is the nephew of Paul. Isaiah, please come. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Isaiah Reed, and I am 14 years old. As Pastor Peter shared, prayer is powerful. I would like to share a story from my own life and what happened as a result of my prayers. There is truly no age limit or restrictions for who God wants to use. When I was seven years old, I lived next door to Levi, who is 17 and living with his single mom. He often skipped school and would sit in his backyard smoking and drinking. Many days, I would look through the fence and watch him and try to talk to him. I could tell Levi was going through a hard time in his life. So I wrote my name, his name, on my whiteboard where I kept my prayer requests and prayed every day that Levi would come to know Jesus. We should have a picture of the, my exact whiteboard, and we have Levi's name on it. I promise my handwriting is better. This is when I was seven years old. One day, Levi was having a big party with his high school friends in the backyard. I heard God clearly tell me to share the gospel with them. So I grabbed my Bible off my bookshelf and climbed onto the fence, and I threw my Bible over the fence into his yard right in the middle of the party. Surprised, all the kids looked up at me, and I shouted as loudly as I could, Raise your hand if you believe in Jesus! Many of his friends raised their hands. I told them that Jesus loved them, and then I climbed back down into my yard. The next day, I asked my mom if I could go over to Levi's house. I felt God tell me that I needed to talk to Levi some more. My mom hesitated at first because she thought Levi would be at school, and she also didn't want me to bother him. But she also heard God tell me to let me go. When I got to his house, I knocked, and Levi opened the door. I simply said, Levi, do you know that Jesus loves you? He said yes. Next, I told him that he, he needed Jesus in his life right now. So on that doorstep, seven-year-old me and 17-year-old Levi prayed together, and he accepted Jesus into his life. Here's a photo of Levi and me the next year. Today, Levi is married to Isabel, who had attended the party where I threw the Bible. Later, he told his mother, I can't believe God used a seven-year-old boy to return me to Jesus. God used me to pray for Levi daily and bring him to Jesus. Our God will use anyone, no matter how old or young, to pray to make great change. Prayer is very powerful. Thank you for listening. Praise God. Isaiah, I'm going to ask your parents to come. Um, ben is the brother of Jenny. And Sarah is uh, the wonderful mother of Isaiah. And these are the children out there, okay? How many of them? One, two, three, four. Guys, are you inspired to realize the power of prayer? You know what Jesus says? You have not because you ask not. You must learn to us in the name of Jesus. We will learn how to pray. Amen? Learn how to pray. But before I pray for them, I want you guys to think. Are there anybody in your life that you need to pray for, like what Isaiah did? 
and then you do something. I'm not advocating you throw the Bible, okay? I mean, his method is really a bit radical. And then you shout at them, okay? But each one have their own style, amen? So raise your right hand. Let's pray for them. Lord God, I want to thank you for Isaiah, for using him at a young age. And now I pray that he will continue to grow in humility and to love you and to serve you. Knowing that it is only by prayer, by humility, can we experience your power. And I thank you for Ben, for Sarah. I pray that you use this couple to continue raising up wonderful children, loving you, serving you, and protect them from the evil one, and expand their borders in the years to come. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. As we finish, I want you to notice something. When you pray, you are just following what Jesus taught us. Focus on God. First, not on your problem, but on who God is, who He is, what He has done. Do you notice it is the same principle in Philippians chapter 4? That's how you should pray. Everybody read this together. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I do not know how to explain how many times the peace of God has overshadowed my soul and my heart. I don't know how to explain. Even in this building project, when we started this building project, we didn't have the money. But God spoke to all of us. This is my will. You launch this project. This project cost over 3 billion pesos. But God is amazing. We finished this building with no debt. And now we are finishing another building there with no debt. It is scary sometimes to do what God wants you to do. But you need to learn to pray. My friend, don't be satisfied with your shallow spiritual life. Please, let's be real. Take God seriously. Then when you pray this prayer, our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come. If you are sincere, kingdom come means what? You let people come to know Jesus. The kingdom of God is where Jesus is king and there are subjects. That means you want to evangelize like Levi, like Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah evangelized his neighbor. Some of you need to be reminded. You need to invite others to the kingdom by showing how your life is. you got to show your life is attractive. If you are always grumbling, always complaining, how can God be honored? You know the bonus? I'll show you. It's bonus. The Bible tells us, when Jehoshaphat and his people came the next day, what did God do? Do you remember? After they prayed, what did God do? God did something, right? Destroyed all of the enemies. After destroying all the enemies, they got the shock of their lives. The next day when they went there, they got bonus. And upon bonus, look, everybody tells us, they found much among them, including goods, 
garments, valuable things which they took for themselves more than they could carry. And they were there three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Is God good or not? Amazing. Then read the next verse. What did God do? The Bible tells us, in the fourth day, they assemble in the valley of Beraka. The word Beraka means what? Bless. God is giving. Blessing. And then read the next verse. Every man of Judah came back with joy. Read. The Lord had made them to rejoice. But not only that. When you focus on God, when you pray, God gets honored. The Bible says the dread of God was on all the kingdoms of the lands when they heard that the Lord had fought. God is glorified when you pray properly. The word dread means the awe, the awesomeness of God. People knew God is involved. You know what's my prayer? You make your life prayerful. So that when something happens, God gets the glory, not you. Let's bow our heads. If God has spoken to you and you feel like you want to learn to pray more, you want to learn how to pray more, you are committed to pray more, I want you to quietly pray wherever you are right now. You pray. Whatever your problem right now, I want you to pray to the Lord. Wherever you are, you just pray silently. You tell God your problem today. And then you thank Him in advance. The verse that I want to tell you is this. When you thank God in advance, the Bible says the peace of God will come upon you. The peace of God will come upon you. And that's what you need today, the peace of God. As you pray, there may be some of you today, you see you say, I'm not sure God is my father. I, I don't have a relationship with God. I like to have that personal relationship with God. If you want a relationship with God, you want to be God as your heavenly father, will you quietly raise your hands? I'll pray for you. Anybody else? Yes. You are not sure God is your father. You want God to be your father. Higher, wherever you are right now. God is not yet your father, but you want God to be your father. Raise your hands higher. Those hands who are raised up today, right now, wherever you are, raise your hands. I want you to pray that prayer with me. Something like this. Lord Jesus, I'm not even sure I'm your child. I've been rebellious. Today I surrender my life. Jesus, come into my life. I ask you to be my Savior. I put my faith in you. I trust you as my Lord and Savior. Change my heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today's message. I pray you give all of us a desire to pray. Because prayer is seeking you. Prayer is intimacy with you. Teach us how beautiful and how delightful it is to spend time with you. I pray this for myself and I pray this for the entire CCF and those who are watching us. That we become men and women who love to spend time with you, who love to wait upon you, just to worship you, the beauty of your presence. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen. God bless.
Good day, CCI family. Welcome to Sunday Fast Track, where you ask real-life questions and we give you biblical truths. My name is Gio Pentinio from Big Singles Ministry, and we are here today with our speaker, Pastor Peter Tanchi, to answer some of your questions. Good day, Pastor Peter. How good are day. you? Good day. Good. Happy New Year, sir. How Happy are you? Happy New Year. <laughs> All right. We know that Christians, even those who have been walking with God for a long time, are not exempted from anxiety and hurt. While it is true that prayer brings peace and comfort, there may be some people out there who pray and pray, yet still do not experience the peace, justice, and deliverance that they desire. How can we encourage these people to continue persevering in prayer? My advice is always when you have an answered prayer, find out why. Is it because something is wrong with your own life? Is it because you are not praying in accordance with God's will? Is it because you have idolized your prayer desire? Until you reach a point where you are willing to say, Lord, I trust you. I know the answer is always good for me, whatever it is. Then you pray expectantly. Because many times we give God timetable. Okay. And I've learned in my life, God answers us in different ways. Amen. But don't give up praying. Praise God. Thank you for those wonderful answers, Pastor Peter. And as what Pastor Peter mentioned about the importance of prayer, we're having our prayer and fasting week entitled, Prayer, Experiencing God's Love. We invite you to join us face-to-face on our night watches every night this January 8 to 13, 7.30 p.m. Manila time at the CCF Center or a satellite near you. You can download the prayer and fasting workbook by scanning the QR code on the screen or via the Uversion app. Invite your family and friends, and together, let's experience God's love and prayer. That's it for Sunday Fast Track. God bless you guys. God bless.